Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk cheese. Recorded live. Hallelujah. We thank the Most High tonight for another opportunity to be here uh, with our brothers and sisters here on Talking. We come tonight to talk about the time in which we live and to try and find out what the problem is and what can be done about the problem that is being done to the Israelites at this time. Is the most high putting these things upon us or is these things being done to us unjustly because of racism or whatever problem it may be? So we're going to go into the scriptures tonight. We're going to look to see is this a part of our rebellion or is this just plain old racism and hatred? So before we go into the word tonight, I would like to bring my daughter, Shama, and let her bring uh, the word of Second Chronicles 7 and 14, if you would. Shama, come forth with the word. Come on. Today I will be reading Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse twelve. No, I didn't say you twelve, I said fourteen. Oh yeah, it's fourteen, it's not twelve there. Fourteen. Talk over here. Thank you all for your patience. It says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seeking my face and turn from their wicked ways. Slow down. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Hallelujah. Would you please, uh, show me, if you will, interpret that for me, what you just read? It meant that... It has meant that if God's people would do three things, God would respond in three ways. The Lord needs the Lord's people need needed to become humble. That oh. is Go ahead. That is confess they need to pray or repent and they need to turn or come back to him. If they did, God would hear, forgive and heal them. So it sounds like to me that the first thing that we find tonight is that uh, someone is rebelling. Uh, could that be some of the problem while we're suffering tonight from the different things that we're suffering from, police brutality and all these other things? What do you think, Sharma? Yes, it could be. Um, it could be that 
Do you think it's because of disobedience? I can't hear you. Yes, sir. Well, according to Second Chronicles seven fourteen, what can we do to stop all of this foolishness? What would you do if okay. these things were happening to you and everywhere you turn, trouble was following you, people were stealing from you, and uh, uh, things was happening? What would you do? Pray and repent. And do what in the midst of repentance? What does that consist of? Is repentance just a word? How do you repent? You have to turn from your wicked ways, and you have to ask God for forgiveness. And change what? Your wicked ways. Change your... Mind, heart. Change your heart, mind, and ways. And when we change our heart, then our mind will follow. Um, we have a lot of preaching going on tonight concerning the reason for, for falling away from the church. You know, the Bible is folks about there will be a great, in the latter days, there will be a great falling away from the church. And is it, do you believe that the falling away from the church is the preachers, the peoples, the demons, the devils? Or why do you think the church, the people, is not going to church like the used to channel? Because they just don't want to anymore. Why? Wow. But, you know, it seems like to me the church would be a wonderful place to be at. Well, that's for some people, they don't really just, let's just say they don't go to church because they're too busy doing other things. That's part of the problem. That is a big part of the problem is that they are uh, too busy. What do you think about the Sabbath? Do you think that the Sabbath, that we should, uh, uh, be concerned about doing what he said concerning the Sabbath. Uh, that's old. That's old testament, and that today we don't have to uh, abide in the Sabbath. Do you think we should keep the Sabbath or not? We should. Why should we? Because the Sabbath was the seventh day God had rested. And so He made that day for who? Who was the Sabbath made for? For man, the Sabbath was made for man, and man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Okay. Well, we certainly appreciate all those wonderful uh, answers concerning the Sabbath and concerning the straying away and concerning the church. Now, I want to move on, and I want to talk about Genesis 15. Get Genesis 15, and I'm going to elaborate on that, and then we're going to get out of the way, and we're going to put service in the hand of the teacher, and we won't let the teacher go forth, and then on the tail end, uh, we'll get Jeremiah 50. So we're going to now go to Genesis 15 and 13, and we want to talk about something that's getting ready to happen, so we want to kind of wake the peoples up to what the Most High said that would happen, and uh, uh, there's just so many things that uh, we have that we want to talk about. We want to talk about also about the beginning of slavery and the, and the slave trade uh, and where it all started at and where you had started in. I don't know if we'll be able to cover all that tonight, but we're going to uh, try to do what we can. And as time uh, allows, we're going to, because uh, we try to be here an hour, but if, if, if there are some that will come with questions uh, that we can answer, have answers, uh, we 
where we don't mind staying over to you all on Facebook and Twitter and all the other different places where you're listening to us at tonight or you will hear us in the archives uh, uh, and the recording. Uh, we're so glad to have you. We're so glad to have you participate. And we hope that you would call in. And remember to call in 724-444-7444. And the ID is 111253-POUND. And then you'd have to press another one, I think, in pound in order to get in. We're going to talk uh, for a moment about things that's getting ready to happen with China in the near future, soon, concerning the 400 years that we're getting ready to read about. We're going to start here at Genesis 15 and the 13th verse. Well, we're still at 12. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be scattered in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years years, and also the nation whom they serve are with yours after, and they shall come out with great possession. Hallelujah. We're not talking about something that uh, is fast. We're talking about 400 years, and we're coming down to the reign about 400 years. Um, and the Most High, Yah, he said that at the end of 400 years that he was going to serve. Let's, let's go back and let's see what he said he's going to do. Uh, but in the fourth, let me see. Now as you can shall go into the Father's peace, you shall be. Now I better back up. And also the nation whom they serve, I will after They shall come out with great possession. Now as for you, you shall go to your Father in peace. You should be buried in a good old age, but in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites has not yet completed. And it shall come to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between these places on the same day. The Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants, I have given this land. From the river of Egypt to the great river of the river Euphrates and Kenai. See? So the Most High promised, and in the mission of promise, he said that in 400 years, in 1619, is when the Most High began to take observation and said in 400 years that he was going to put a cap on some of the things that had gone on. So 2019 would be your 400 years. Listen, Israel, we're speaking to you tonight. We're speaking to Facebook, talks you, we're speaking to you by Scripture. We're not here to shout and wrestle you down, make you take it. But if you find any fault in the Scriptures that we're bringing up tonight, feel free to come back and, and let's, let's just go forth 
And and no debate, no debate. We're not doing any debates because we have debate, which is the word. All we want to do tonight and any other night is to prove who the indigenous peoples are, and we have the word tonight to show you that you're just not some Christian in a little old Baptist church, but you are the true nation of Israel that was spoken to by the Most High Yah, and he spoke to us concerning Israel. He said, who is like an Israel? What nation is like Israel that I should give laws, duties, and statutes to? He told Israel, my people, and he told Moses, he said, Moses, get down off the mountain and hurry, because your people, Israel, it's making a molten calf. They're making a golden calf. He said, all oh, you stiff-necked. Israel has always been stiff-necked. You know, if the Father wanted to destroy Israel centuries ago because of their rebellion, we're even worse than they were there. We're even worse. We commit every sin under the tree. But I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to let the teacher come tonight. Adam. And let him... Bring the word that the most high. The battery they don't have a back on now, but it's okay. It'll hold together. So we're gonna let Adam come, and we're gonna let Shama come back with Jeremiah 50, and she's gonna elaborate. All right. Uh, we uh, give the most high praise for the word that went forth and going on the show forth. Just here to give. Uh, even more credence to the children of Israel and who we are as far as our lineage and who we are as a people. And that the scriptures uh, already on last night, we, we spoke about uh, the Most High through Moses predicting that the children of Israel will go into bondage, that they will go into uh, slavery and ships, and that they will be sold unto their enemies. And uh, we, we elaborated over that last night. And if you want to go back into the archives and <clears throat> indulge and look into those uh that message you'll be able to do so just by coming back to this page and clicking and looking through the archives and you'll see it from last night. But we're gonna go forward into uh more credence of who Israel and who the laws and the statutes and commandments were given to. And we're gonna go into that with uh Psalms one forty seven and nineteen. Uh, we're going in. He showeth his word. This Psalms one one of forty seven and nineteen. He showeth his word unto Jacob. Jacob being the <clears throat> one of the progenitors or the forefathers of the tribes of Israel. His statutes and his judgments, meaning the punishments of this of, of committing those uh, sins against his judgments and his laws, statutes and commandments unto Israel. He had not dealt so with any nation. As for his judgments. They have not known them, praise the Lord. So in this uh, passage of Scripture, David is telling uh, the readers of the word that the laws, statutes, and commandments were first given to Israel. And there were no other, and, and with Israel and with the laws came punishment, and, became, and came which are judgments. And through those punishments and judgments, he, uh, he gave only those to Israel. And he said, he, at that time, he didn't deal with any other nation but Israel. But we'll begin to get a breakdown 
of the dispensation because people say that the, the Jews are done away with, the, the law is done away with, all those things of the Old Testament, those things are done away with, which we understand, which is not true when you begin to read Scripture, but the Christian church to tell you that, and, um, you know, which don't make sense because if the laws are done away with, then that means we can, you know, still kill, you know, commit adultery, do all those other things if the law is done away with. And if it's, if it's done away, then what's in the place of the law? You can't take something that's already been instituted and take it out and don't have anything in the place of it. That would mean there would be chaos because the same thing, if you take away the uh, traffic system for, for lights in the street, then, then how cars are going to pass through and go go on highways and, you know, regulate without speed limits. It'll be chaos. So the same thing with the law, statutes, and commandments that the Most High gave his people. So we're going to go into Matthews 5 and 7 in the New Testament and see how Christ felt about the commandments. See what he thought about it, because they thought when Christ came on the scene that everything was going to be done away with and that Christ would uh, come and have Rome, because at that time when Christ came, Rome was under persecution. So the Jews were under the persecution of the Romans at that time. That means the Romans were conquered over uh, the Jews at that time, which is like it's, we are today, the uh, black, Hispanic, and the Roman society. All their laws and everything are set up under a Roman system. So it's the same thing back then, it's the same thing now. Okay, we'll go to Matthew 5 and 17, and we'll get a, a closer look at what the Scripture is telling us and what the Most High thought about the commandments when they thought he was coming to change everything. Uh, Matthew 5, 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law. See, he said that he, that's what he said, Matthew 5, 17. He don't even think about it. But that's what they were thinking and asking. He said, think not that I come to destroy the, the, the law or the prophets. Even with the prophets, when they prophesied, Isaiah, Obadiah, Hosea, all the prophets, with the, all the things that they said, don't think that I come to discredit everything, all the things that they said, because what they said is true. He said, think that I, I, not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets, but I am come uh, not to destroy, but I come to fulfill. We're going to look at a little bit more, 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot, one tittle, and no wise shall pass from the law to all shall be fulfilled. So Christ is telling the Jews at that time that don't think that the laws are done away with, not one jot. Everything that was put on that <clears throat> on the two tablets that Moses carried, not one jot, not one tittle going to pass from them things. Nothing is written away because it was written in grave and stone. So anything that's where the term comes from, uh, it's written in stone. When you say something written in stone, that means you can't go against it. That means that you got to do what you said or you got to do what's ever there. That's already presented. That's already in stone. That's where that term came from. And it goes in 19. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever do and teach them, the same shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Christ is telling them, if you te if you even think about teaching outside of these laws, statutes, and commandments, and you telling people that it's okay, it's all right, you're going to make it, it's, gonna, it's all right, you know what, everybody's sin. Every, yeah, people do sin, but the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin and death is the gift of God is eternal life. So 
you encouraging the people to sin and not putting fear in the people's heart telling them, no, you can't sin because when sin comes, that's when death and damnation hit. Everybody want to preach, no, it's okay, it's okay. It ain't nothing. We all have grace, but that's always an end to a grace period. When you pay your bills, you got a grace period of paying your bills, and your light going to get cut off. Well, you're going to get refilled, or you're going to lose your house. So everything has a grace period. Don't think we're going to be here until Christ comes and we ain't got to do nothing. We ain't got to do nothing to follow these laws, statutes, and commandments, because that would be a lot. We'll go to Revelation 14 and 12. Bear with me one moment. I just skip up here and go right here. Revelation 14 and 12. And here it is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So it's telling you right here in Roman in, in the in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation 14 and 12, it's telling you that here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God that he gave to Moses and the faith of Christ. So we understand that you got to both have faith and you got to have the works of trying to keep the law because we know we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to, you know, uh, follow all the laws, but we have to strive for them. We just can't just make an excuse, oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm human like anybody else. Yeah, we're human, but that don't mean that you shouldn't strive for perfection. You go to your job every day. Let's hope not you. Let's hope not that you just strive for the bare minimum. I'm hoping you would want to strive to make more money or to do better things in your career. So the same thing with the Word of God. Why would we be lackadaisical and stagnant when it comes to the scriptures? So we got to understand that the, that even these commandments are, are, are supposed to be kept. These are not something that's supposed to be looked over or they done away with because if. The Christian church tells you that the laws are done away with. Okay, they done away with, but also they keeping tithe. Tithe was a Levitical law given to Israel. That was something in the Old Testament. So if the law was done away, then why are you keeping tithes then? So that that has to be some kind of some contrary to the scriptures. You're keeping one part of it and you're not doing the whole thing. You're saying it's done away with, but yet you're keeping tithe. Tithe was something that was Old Testament. So we got to make sure that we understand the scriptures and we apply them accordingly to our lifestyle. We just can't pick and choose parts of the Bible that fit us and make us feel good, and then the rest of them we, we, we choose not to deal with. Because this, this word, once you begin to study and, and, and dig deep into it, then you understand that a lot of things that you want to do, you just can't do. Because it's a part of becoming more like the Most High, becoming more like Christ. Some of the things you have to put off. You have to put off the old man. You have to mortify that flesh. As Paul say, daily, every day you wake up, it's a battle. It's a battle within your own self to do right and to do wrong. So you got to want to choose the right thing to do. So we understand that through Israel, the laws, statutes, and commandments were given. According to, like I came out, Psalms 147.19, that the laws were given to Israel and the judgments, the judgments for breaking those as we see, if you understand the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is only a uh, giving you the filler to what actually is going on in the New Testament. It's like a movie. If you understand the three parts of a movie, it's a sequel, maybe a sequel, but if you ain't seen the first part, 
You can't understand the other two movies you may be watching. So that's all it is, the Old Testament. It's giving you where you are, how did you get there. That's all the Old Testament is, and giving your understanding clearer of how everything works. But Christianity, you just jump straight to the New Testament, and you don't go to the Old Testament except if you're going to Isaiah for prophecy or something like that, something that sounds good. So those are the things that we got to understand and hold dear to us, is that the Old Testament is important just as well as the New Testament. Because the Old Testament prophesied of Christ and things to come. The older things that the prophecies that are in the Old Testament are things that had not happened yet. The Old Testament talk about World War Three. It's talking about Iran invading. It talk about Israel being attacked and, and demolished. It, it's giving all kind of prophecies in the Old Testament that if people don't understand and read it, you'll skip over a whole bunch of uh, uh, meat that you're basically you leaving meat on the bone. You just going into the New Testament, but you leaving all the rest of the meat off the bone. You're not getting an understanding clear of what's going on or what's going to happen. You just, you lost in translation. So we're going to go into more scripture. We're going to go into John 4 and 22. So since we're talking about Israel, you don't understand who Israel is. Uh, I talk with a lot of people, and I tell them that through Israel, Israel was supposed to bring the world salvation. Through us was was the great commission to go out and to teach other nations about the Most High and the about the statues and keeping the Sabbath and doing all those things. It wasn't portrayed as it is now. Christian, the Christian came, they came and enslaved, they were enslaving people through crusades and pushing this Jesus picture people, white person on people. That wasn't, that's not the way Christ told uh, his, his people to give the people the truth. That's how Christianity came about, through forcing it and killing people and making people serve this God, because the same God that people talk about in Christianity is not the same God of this Bible. But first of all, the scripture tells you, in Romans 1, we're going to go there since I'm already talking about it, 119, what he looked like. And it, and it is important to what he looks like, because it's in the Bible. Paul said that this is a revel- this was, this, in Revelation. Revelation, we're going to go to 1. Just give the people the, the, something real quick. And then we're going to go into what he looked like, and we're going to go back to what I was saying. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signed and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record. This means John said he bare record. He saw it and wrote it down of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. So John is showing you he was on the island of Patmos, John, the revelator, and he writing down everything that he saw in a vision. And he, and he and the most I told him to record it and write it down. So why would he say write it down if he didn't want us to see it? If, if Christ's color didn't matter, why would he tell John to record it, write it? So we're going to go more into it. Blessed is he that read it. And they that hear the words of this prophecy. This is a prophecy as well as a vision. And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who was the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him 
that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and had made us kings and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. All right, let's go into, uh, let's go to 1 and 12. We'll go to 1 and 12. To give you the appearance of Christ and what he looked like. Because appearance, people people saying it don't matter, but we just read that the Most High was Christ gave him this vision, and it was a prophecy, and he told him, and like I said in 2, John said he bore a bad record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, the testimony and everything that he saw, he told him to write it down. And this is what he's telling us in, in 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, and I saw seven golden candlesticks, which represent the seven churches. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt to the paps with a girding girdle. So that means around his waist, Christ had a, a gold, a belt, basically a big belt. Like you see they wear like the, the war boots, the big girdle, big belt they have on. His head and his hands were white like wool. And with were white like wool, as white as snow. So it's giving you the description, John, telling you what Christ looked like. Telling you he had woolly hair, and all of it was white. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Telling you his eyes were red, because Christ drank wine. When you drink wine, your eyes are naturally turn red. And his feet like unto fine brass. So it's telling you also brass. Brass is a derivative or type of brown. And his feet like it's a fine brass as if they burn in a furnace. Key word, burn. So if anything that's burnt, you don't even have to go deep to figure out what burnt is or what burnt would look like anything. You put anything in a fire or anything that's heated and it come out burnt, you already know it's going to be black. So that saying John is telling you that this man had woolly hair, woolly texture hair, and, he, and all of it on his head and his beard, and his eyes was red because he drank wine, <laughs> which he did. But he wasn't drunk. He wasn't drunk. But your eyes, are, even if you don't get drunk, your eyes are naturally going to just turn red because he was a wine bibber. He wasn't drunk. Because he put that out there. But he didn't drink to get drunk. And they burned in a furnace, and his, and his voice as many waters. So we see there that Christ himself was 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 a, was a black man. He was black. He wasn't brown or people like to say Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern is a relative term. Middle Eastern is you can't go to the Middle East and say, I want to see a Middle Eastern man. You're not going to find a Middle Eastern man. If you go there and say, I want to see a Middle Eastern man, they're going to look at you crazy because there ain't no such thing as a Middle Eastern man in the Middle East. You might ask for Palestinian or uh uh, Arabian or Sumerian or something, yeah. But if you go to ask for a Middle Eastern man, you're not going to find it because that's not a term. It's only relative here to the United States, the term that we use here. But that's no such person. So we get a description of Christ. Now we're going back and talking about, uh, also in John, talking about what Christ said about salvation. We're going to go to John 4 and 22. John 4 and 22, we're going to go into it and see what Christ was 
But he speak about salvation all the time in Scripture. And this is one verse in Scripture when he begins to talk about salvation. And this is where he speaks to the Samaritan woman. Uh, we're going to read at the 22nd verse, uh, John, St. John 4 and 22. Ye worship. <clears throat> Hold on, we're going to go 21. Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, that I will come in when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye not, ye know not what. So he said, whatever you worship, you don't know what you worship. And 22, he said, we know that what we yeah. worship. Most High Christ telling them that we know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. So salvation is coming through the Jews. Through John 4, 22, he's telling you that's where salvation comes. It's come through the Jews. And that was through the commission that the Jews were to spread the gospel. They were given the law, statutes, and commandments to give to the other nations, to the Gentiles. But, and he also going 23, but the hour coming, and he is where the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to him to worship. Now, Christians take, Christians take this term relatively and use it however they will. But he just told you salvation is of the Jews. So through the Jews, it's going to come through. When they wait, because the Jews don't, at this point don't know who they are spiritually. Okay? He said through them waking up, they're going to become true worshipers of him. True worshipers, because right in the verse before, it said at 22, that salvation is of the Jews, I meaning it's coming from the Jews. And it's in red in your Bible. If you're following along, it's in red, so that means Christ spoke it. It's not in black, then we can just say anybody spoke. But it's telling you who spoke in those verses. And it's saying God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we got to understand that through the truth is the understanding of the law, statutes, and commandments, and also through the faith, as we read in Revelations 14 and 12. I mean, we must have a law and faith at the same time, not just we saying we are uh, the laws are done away with, and then we're just going to live like we want to live. So we're going to go to uh, Romans 11 and get an understanding, because this is, this is a scripture Christians like to go to a lot, uh, talking about them being grafted in. So we're going to begin to get an understanding, and they talk about, oh, the Jews are done away with, oh, da, 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 da. oh, the Jews don't matter no more. his people. 
talking about Israel, God forbid. For I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. So Paul started out right here in Romans 11 and tell you, y'all thinking that the Jews are done away with myself. I myself, I'm a tribe of Benjamin, an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. So he's like, hold on now, hold on. Y'all, y'all, had, it, y'all had it twisted because the one that's preaching to y'all, I'm of a, I'm a, I'm a the seed of Abraham. So he began to tell the church that, you, you do how long you getting you getting uh the car the car in front of the horse. Slow down now. And he's gonna begin to break it down and tell these people that the most high didn't cast away he didn't cast away Israel as they think. God has in the second verse, God has not we in Romans eleven and two. God has not cast away his people which he foreknew. Even before the Gentiles came, he's telling you, even before y'all even came. I uh, God did not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Why he, what the scripture said, Elias, has he make an intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dealt down and dig down thy altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. So Elias at that time, which was a prophet, who received a mantle from Elijah, Israel went out so bad. So they destroyed all the prophets. They killed all of them. And they was, they was getting ready to kill Elias himself. But Elias, he escaped. And he went and prayed to the Lord. And he said again, I'm going to read it to you again. Lord, in the third verse, they have killed thy prophets and, and dig down thine altars. I mean, you, they dug up the altars. Everything that was erected to the Most High, the altars back then, they tore them down. And I am left alone, and they seek my life. He's telling them, man, they even coming after to kill me. Your chosen people, they don't want to hear your word no more. They coming to destroy me. They digging up your altars. They just causing mayhem in Jerusalem. And we're going to go forward and read. But what said God unto him? I have reserved myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, Baal which was a God who the, the Israelites at that time began to go to. They didn't no longer want to follow the statutes and commandments of the Most High. They went after other gods, and Baal was one of the gods that they uh, prayed to. I believe he was a Babylonian god. So they forsook God, the one of Israel, the creator, and went after this God. But the Most High said, I reserved, even when, even after all that happened, he said, I reserved 7,000 men who didn't even bend their knee to this God. They, I got 7,000 men that stay strong in praying, and they ain't never even knelt the knee to this, to this God they are. So we're going to go into to five. Even so, then at this present time also, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And if you begin to read, talking about the election, talking about these are the elect, which you have 144,000, which are, I believe that's Revelation 21, we talk about the 444,000, these men that are, of, uh, there'll be 12,000 that'll come out of each tribe. And that's 12 tribes, so 12,000 men, which would be the elect that the Most High would choose, that will come out of each tribe. And those would be the 144 who will uh, execute judgment in the kingdom. Just like any other kingdom on earth, you have to have rulership. Now, Christ is over that, but you have elders, you have these people, the 144 who will exact, they day to day, uh, 
rigorous activities or things that need to be done in the kingdom, they'll be hidden those things. And then that's even in, that that goes into it in uh, Revelation 21. And Paul, let's go Paul, Let's go ahead and get to 11. Let's get to the meat of what I'm really trying to get to. But we understand so far that uh, Paul is telling them that the Most High didn't do away. He ain't get rid of his people. He ain't he hasn't forsook them at all. Verse 11. I say then, have thou stumbled thou slip? I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. He said, even though they stumbled, I ain't causing them to fall off. I'm not going to abandon them like that. He said, I forbid for that to happen because these still my chosen people. Because if you understand Scripture, he still swore by his by our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he would keep their seed. And even in, and when the new kingdom comes, that they would reign. And I will show you that in Scripture as well. And Revelation also goes to that in Revelation 21. And his, <clears throat> excuse me. God forbid, but rather through their salvation, through their salvation, is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. So Paul is telling them the reason the reason why the Most High is letting his part of the Gentiles come into being engrafted together with Israel is to provoke the Israel back to him because Israel went off. So he said, you know what, since Israel, I'm going to go out into the Gentiles. Since y'all don't want to accept me, I'm going to go out to the Gentiles and provoke them. I'm going to bring them in. And then when the Israelites pull up the lineage, lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they see that. They're like, man, hold on, man. How you going to bring these people in? And they're not even at a promise. This is what Paul is telling them in verse 12 and in verse 11. He said he's going to provoke them. That's by, by doing that, that provoked Israel to jealousy. Then 12, it says, now if the fall of them be riches of the world, and the diminishing of the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. So breaking down this scripture, say now if the fall of them, meaning the fall when Israel failed, be the riches of the world, because by Israel falling, other nations became rich. Because you got to understand, Israel was one of the richest kingdoms because we had one of the wisest men ever on earth through Solomon. And Solomon was told that he would have riches above any other man on the earth. And Solomon was a one king, him and David. He was one of the kings of uh, Israel over the, over uh, another ten tribes, that twelve tribes, and he ruled over the ten, which was the southern kingdom. Solomon was their king, and Solomon was the richest, the richest king in Israel. And the God told him he would bless them because of he he didn't ask for riches or he didn't ask for another man. He didn't ask for his enemies' heads or anything. He said, "I just wanted to be wise." So most I said, just because you want to be wise, I'm going to bless you with all the things that you ever wanted above any other man will ever have. So Solomon was the richest man ever. So by that, by default, Israel was the richest nation. And it said also, and the diminishing of their riches of the Gentiles, how much more the fullness. So by that, the other nation be became rich. When we fell, that means the other nations came in and, and began to plunder and take the riches out of Jerusalem. That's why Jerusalem was tore down. And that was prophesied in, in uh, Luke 21 when Christ told the Jews that Jerusalem would be compassed about with armies and that the people that was in the middle of middle of Jerusalem, they needed to go to the mountains because the vengeance of the heathen was upon them, talking about the Roman armies, which was you'll see in 70 A.D. Uh, even if you go research in 70 A.D. Jerusalem, you'll begin to read that Jerusalem was compassed about with armies, with Roman armies, and they began to penetrate, and they began to ransack Jerusalem and set it on fire. And so people began to run 
and they headed up to Egypt. And then from Egypt, they began to settle in different areas around you, around Egypt, uh, the coast of Africa, Cameroon, uh, Sierra Leone, Nigeria, and those places. And then they went into the slave trade. But that's another. That's for another lesson. But that's just giving you. But also, uh, going back into uh, verse thirteen, for I spake to the Gentiles in as much. I am the
All right, Revelation 2 and 9. Back on that. I know thy works and tribulation and justice. But thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, for are the synagogue of Satan. You know, it's just telling you, he know the works of the people. He know what you're going through. I know your tribulation and your poverty. So he's telling you that the Jews themselves, these people are people that are going through tribulation right now. These people are poverty-stricken. This is a revelation. That these people are poverty-stricken. He said, but thou art rich. Even though you're going through all this, but you are rich. Why? Because the Jews going to inherit the kingdom. They're going to even uh, have rulership in the kingdom. According to Isaiah 14 and to Revelation 22. But that's going to be, that's going to be even more a credence to what this scripture is saying. Number uh, verse ten is in Revelation two and nine. Uh, Fear none of those things which shall be which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So everything that the Jews are experiencing in this land, America today, the killing. The robbing, the shooting, all those things have already been predicted in the Bible that happened to the children of Israel. Revelation 3 and 9, to back that same scripture up. Go over one chapter and you'll see it's the same thing, Revelation 3 and 9. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. And to know that I have loved thee. So the most high, you see that right there? The most high is telling you that he knows that the people that say they are the Jews, they are not the Jews. Because why would we why would why would we say we're the Jews and us? And the Bible told us that we would be discontinued from our heritage, meaning we wouldn't know who we are. So of course we don't know we the Jews. There's only one nation of people who call themselves the Jews today. The Bible said they are not the Jews, but they are the synagogue of Satan. Studying the scripture, you understand why he called in the synagogue of Satan. Because what Jews do, they follow a book called the Tamal. And in that book itself, they endorse pedophilia. They can, they, when the boy is circumcised, the, the uh, rabbi would begin to suck on the young man's penis. So it's happening in the church. That's what rabbis do. It's, it's not. Go, put, go look up the Tamal and look up the things that they do. That women, that the man... I think when the boy become of age, at age five, that he can sleep with him. Those things are in a book called the Tamal that they follow strictly. This is not something we're making up, and that's why the Most High calls the Jews that say to the Jews the synagogue of Satan, because the things that they do are, are, are Satan-like, Satan-esque, and Satanic. I'm not, I'm not speaking loud. I'm speaking everything that come out of this book. You gotta understand and wake up who who, we, who these people are. Even if you so-called not a Jew, but you got to understand who the people are because it's a great history behind that. And these people are being distorted and they've been oppressed and depressed. As the scripture says, you're going through tribulation, you're poverty-stricken. He said, but thou art rich, meaning you don't, you don't have riches yet, but you're going through this, but yet you're going to become rich in the kingdom. You're going to get all these riches. And it's also prophesied in Isaiah that many nations would come and give Israel riches. They would come and just throw things at the Israelites' feet. 
may think I'm, I'm lying, but Isaiah 14, if you want to look at it on your own time, it'll tell you right there. Matter of fact, let's go to it. Isaiah 14, this is a prophecy. Hope you had your Bible out, you're reading, you're studying, and following along. This, this is something that the people must wake up to. The Christian church, we've been lied to. A lot of things, I grew up in a Christian church, a lot of things they teach are good, but a lot of things they, they don't teach because slavery pushed it on us. Some things that they put on us is, is not scriptural. Things that, 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 that was just done that we just do just for uh, a tradition. Isaiah 14 and 1. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, about the, the lineage of Jacob, and will yet choose Israel and set them in their own land. And the strangers, he's talking about the other nations, the strangers shall join with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them into their own place. Talking about Israel going to take those people, the other nations, and bring them along with us in, their, in our place, wherever we're going to be at. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord. Talking about when, when heaven comes, we're going to possess them in the land of the Lord. This hasn't happened yet because if you, uh, if, even if you want to try to test this and see if it's today's prophecy, okay, look at... You see the Jews possessing anybody in that land? Do you see them taking anybody in or making slaves out of people or making people uh, possessing anybody or bringing anybody from anywhere to a certain area to Jerusalem? No, they they in their land and they they warn with other people. Matter of fact, they are warned with the Palestinians. So that this prophecy hasn't come to pass, and you're gonna begin to read more and more, and you're gonna see uh, exactly uh, what it's talking about in its entirety. Verse two. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. See, he's going to possess these people for servants and handmaids. Okay, let's read a little more. And they shall take them captives. So all these words, captives, handmaids, servants, possessed, that sounds like a form of slavery almost. Not hard words, but if you look at captivity and possession and take, and these were these words are, are similar tools to slavery. Captives they were. See that right there? It said whose captives they were. So that means these people, Israel was somebody captives at one point in time. Because if you understand history, uh, the Israelites went into Egypt. They went into uh, uh, Assyrian captivity. They went into Greek captivity. Went into the Roman captivity. And it was prophesied that they would go into ships and to bondage into a land that we didn't know of, we would come in slave ships, and that's here in America, uh, prophesied through Deuteronomy 28 and 68. So our ancestors through slavery, we would be brought into this land, and the scriptures say we would serve our enemies. Deuteronomy 28 and 68. This is not something that I'm making up. This is scripture, if you, as you write them down, if you want to look into them. This is something I, I, I'm not going to lie about, but the scriptures continue. And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow. Talking about Israel, the Jews, they were dealing with sorrow. They whole time being down on earth, they dealt with sorrow. And from thy fear and from thy hard, thy hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve. Talking about these people, we've been through hard bondage. Whole, our whole existence has been bondage. Thou shalt take up 
this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, Have the oppressor ceased, the golden sand ceased, the Lord has broken the staff of the wicked. Meaning the wicked that ruled over us, over the Jews, talking about the staff of the when you when you have a staff or a scepter, that means you have you're in rulership. A staff and a scepter, those things symbolize rulership. And the scepter of the rulers. You say those things are broken. No longer are we going to be ruled over anymore. No longer are we going to be discriminated against. No longer are you going to get killed in the streets. Let's read a little more. He who smote the people in, verse 6, he who smote the people in wrath, Isaiah 14 and 6, that's where we at. He who smote the people in wrath, a continual stroke. I mean, they was always getting beat. Whether it was mentally, physically, always in a system that oppresses and beat us down. He that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindered. That means when, when, when destruction comes, you're not going to be able to stop it. The rulers that ruled over us in this, these generations, ain't none going to be able to stop the destruction. He's saying none going to hinder it because the most high going to bring destruction. The whole earth is at rest. In that time, the whole earth, when that happens, everything going to go to rest. Because the Bible telling you right now that the world must be in uproar if you're talking about it's going to be rest. And it's quiet. See, you know what he's saying? It's going to be quiet. It is going to be peaceful. Right now, the world is in the uproar. Amen. Sheila. And also, the whole earth is at rest, and it's quiet. They break forth in the singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice, and the cedars of Lebanon saying, Since thou art laid down, no fellow has come up against us. Meaning now the wicked is slain, that means the wicked rise no more. Hallelujah. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming, and it stirred up the dead for thee. Move over, move over, move over, move over. That's stirring up the dead. Right. Keep on that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Elaborate on that. Uh, that uh, that scripture where it was talking about uh, how those that had thoughts, those that were in charge, those that were leading people, those that was uh, uh was destroying people and was coming against Israel. He said, now they've been brought down to Sheol. They've been brought down to hell, and now. So many of them, you know, hell is being stirred up. You know, stirred up meaning they're being shuffled around. You know, they've been, they're making room. So it says hell has enlarged itself to come and meet him. So that will be recompensed. That will be much recompensed for all that's been done to Israel. But now we still want you to know that we know that no man has did anything to Israel. Because Israel rebellion, the Most High said in uh, uh, twenty-eight, uh, Deuteronomy 48, 41, 47, around that, around that, he says, he tells us that this should be a sign upon, he didn't say this should be a sign to you, he said this will be a sign upon you. He said, and he will bring us into nations. And over here in the book of Jeremiah, the 50th chapter, it also talks about, uh, uh, for the fear of Jeremiah 50 and, to, and 12, it said Israel is like 
Israel is like scattered sheep. The lions have driven them away, for the king was Syria devoured them. And now at last, this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has broken his bones. You know, we went into captivity uh, under Nebuchadnezzar at 539. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar besieged uh, uh, Jerusalem and brought Israel into captivity. But we're talking about 8070 now. We're talking about 8070 that really, really, really put a scatter upon Israel. And all this was done at the hand of Yah because of the rebellion. Israel would not turn away. You know, uh, it talks about Israel throughout the Bible and the Old Testament. And, and tomorrow we're going to come with New Testament scriptures. We're going, to, we're going to show you the same thing that's been done in the Old Testament is also being done in the New Testament. See, because the New Testament was a writing off of the Old Testament. They didn't have anything, that, you know, if they didn't listen to the apostles and the prophets, John the Baptist wouldn't have nothing. Paul wouldn't have nothing. But over here in the book of Jeremiah uh, 50, we just read uh, Jeremiah 15 and 12. Now, we're going to, well, that wasn't 12. That was Jeremiah 15 and 17. But we're going to back back to 16. It says, for the fear of the oppressive sword, everyone should turn to his own people. The Most High is telling us, same as Ezekiel 7 and 23, he says, make a change. For the land is, how much more would it take, Facebook, and all you all that are listening and those that will hear this uh, 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 in the recording, you know, I noticed that as we begin to talk about uh, Israel, we've been so long doctrinated and believed that we're Gentiles to want somebody to tell you that you're a true Israelite, uh, we're Gentiles. Well, you want to be a Gentile, just stay a Gentile. But I'm giving you scriptures tonight. And like I said, we're not coming to uh, reprove no one. We are proving who we are by the word of the Most High, Yah. Oh, and by the way, I know that name, Yah, it don't ring a bell, but it is what it is, because you've got to think about it. There was no J in the alphabet. So being that it wasn't a J in the alphabet, it would be hard to spell hallelujah. Yah, hallelujah. That's the highest praise. So certainly, in the midst of being at the highest praise, we ought to have Hmm. That name, Yahweh. So our program, we go to from the Fellowship of Love, I mean Fellowship Community Call, but it's called Yah, Y-A-H-W-A-Y. Not Yahweh, but Yahweh, because it's his way today, because I found out that I, I want to get a chance to, to see what all this uh, going home going to be about. And everywhere I read, I keep reading that Israel will be brought back to the land that was promised to our forefathers. If the Most High promised you anything, he will do just what he said. Because, see, here in Babylon, according to Jeremiah 15 and uh, 38, it says, a drought is against her waters. Talking about Babylon. And they will dry up. 
We're drying up here. We got fires, landslides, all type of things is happening here in Babylon. It's going to dry up. For it is a land of carbon images. And they are insane with their idols. Now, what other nation, what other nation is full of all these different idols? We can't go to India and lift up. Well, you might in India and Pakistan, you might, but but you're still going to be uh, uh, coming against by uh, uh, religion. That's why we have got to get away from religion tonight. We've got to get away from religion, lay all the cards on the line. I mean, look at the church tonight. Just look at the church. Now, I'm not talking about uh, 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 God's leaders tonight. I'm only saying looking at the condition of the church tonight, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And Smith Wilberworth had to stand up and preach tonight. If Dave Wilkerson had to stand up and preach tonight, they would say, Whoa, to Babylon, a land filled with holotry, adultery, promiscuity, and false prophets. Church, it's time that you wake up and pull these scriptures out. Where it says in the 43rd verse of uh, Jeremiah 50, the king of Babylon has heard the report about them, and his hand grew feeble, anguish, and taken hold of him. King of the woman in childbirth, behold, he shall come up like a lion from the floodplain of Judah. Talking about Israel. It's time that we, the chosen, nation of Israel. You see, the book started out with one people in mind because Israel supposedly had been a model. We spoke of a model for the nation. But instead, we came and modeled the nation before the Most High. And surely, the Most High is not pleased with us tonight. But if we would keep his statutes, See, he said, we, we, we have broken his statutes, his laws, his covenant, all backslidden Israel. His chosen, his prized possession, have went and played the harlot in this land. He talks about bringing us into a land where we won't understand their language and they won't understand us. We're here. We're here. We're right here in Babylon. Jeremiah, the 50th chapter, is full of words. It says in Jeremiah 50 and uh, 11, Jeremiah 50 and 11, because you were glad, because you rejoiced, you destroy of my heritage, because you have grown like a heifer, thrashing grain, and you holler like bulls, and your mother shall be deeply ashamed. She who bore you shall be ashamed. Behold, the least of the nations shall be a wilderness, a dry land and a desert, because of the wrath of the Most High God. She shall not be inherited. 
but shall be wholly desolate. Everyone who goes by Babylon shall be horrified and hiss at all her plagues. Put yourself in a ring against Babylon all around. All you who bend the bow, shoot at her, spang the arrow, for she has sinned against the Most High. See? So we're not only cursed because the forefathers sins be upon us, but now I'm not saying that these sins that we that we're doomed and gloom and there's no hope. There is hope. Shama started off with Second Chronicles seven fourteen, which said, "If my people that are called by my name, you see, we are called by His name tonight. And if you are called by His name tonight, then you are a part of the program. Those that are not called by His name, you're still a part of the program because He said, I have others that is not of this fold. Speaking about some of the European and some of the foreigners, there's not a they're not Israelites." You're Gentiles. You know, further on down the line, we're going to get into uh, the land of Israel. Who inhabited the land today? Whether it be Jews, and the other verses, that's Revelation 2, I believe it is. But we're not going to get into that tonight because we want to, con- we want to concentrate on this word. The Lord speaks speaks about captivity, captivity, captivity. Why so much captivity? Joel 3 talks about captivity. Israel talks about captivity. All through the book of Daniel, captivity. The reason he speaks about captivity is because that's what's been happening to us. We've been constantly going from one land to another land, being led astray with no strength. Tonight we want to stand up we want to have strength, and we don't have to put a stop to the Lord leading us into captivity. All we need to do is just repent and just get into the Word. Once we find out what the promises of the Most High is for his people, then we'll start rebellion. The, the police, the work of the police department told me tonight, he said, he tells those people that are incarcerated that if you keep going like you're going, we're not going to be a people. And then the brother knew some words. I said, wow. He said, we are the indigenous. See, many people don't call themselves indigenous. Indigenous mean a people that was taken and that was placed here and there and scattered about against their will. We are the ones. We have a caller on the line tonight. Before we go any further, we would like for the caller, uh, it may be my mother, praise the Lord, I hope it is, God bless you tonight, Mother. And if it's not, then we still want you to come forth and have word tonight, would you please? The lines has been unmuted. We'd like for you to come, introduce yourself, and uh, 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 have word. Would you do that, caller? We've had uh, quite a few visitors that have came logged in, and logged out. And that's the way it is in this Christian world. Everybody's looking for a word. And so if you don't have that word of prosperity, if you don't have what they want to hear, they got other places on culture. They got all type of preaching going on on culture tonight. Okay, uh, Carla, we appreciate you. 
Amen. We did open open uh, open the door for you to have word, and we asked that you would uh, state who you were. And you know how I am over here. If you don't, you're going to know who I am. I don't like apostates. I don't like hidden viewers. I like for you to be strong and stand up and say who you are. So remember, when you come out, I want you to say who you are, where you're from, and uh, whether you uh, agree with what's being spoken or whether you disagree. So call us. You've had your opportunity. Bless you. So we see tonight that we've we've been here for an hour and 12 minutes. We're going to be here a few more minutes uh, speaking on the word. Tomorrow night we hope to come uh, with the New Testament uh, to light up our Old Testament. We want to look at Ezekiel 7 concerning the end time, uh, what's going to happen. You know, everybody is into gold and silver, you know. They, 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 in, in the late 80s, uh, in the early 90s, in the mid-2000s, uh, they were talking about uh, gold and talking about how that uh, you need to put your, your, your trust in gold because that's going to be the only thing that's going to stay in the furnace. We're in a melting pot here in America. This is called a melting pot. And the reason I call it the melting pot, not because it's hot, but because everybody's here. And and, and, and America know what they're doing. They let every they, – they, they, it was on the news tonight that they uh, raided a taco uh, place somewhere around here, southwest side of Houston, and they had so many immigrants – uh, well, I'm not going to call them immigrants because they're Israelites. They had so many Israelites that were working there. Some had been working there for 10 years. And I heard one of the Israelite sisters said she was so afraid that she was going to be deported. She said, but she told them the truth. And when she told them the truth, you know, they let her work. So, see, the truth has a lot of weight. No matter what your situation is, you need to get the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that the word already told us that he's going to bring us into the land that was promised to our forefathers. So if he's going to bring us into a land that was promised to our forefathers, we can line ourselves up and need to see what he said concerning his word. When Ezekiel 7 and 19, it says, they were, well, let's back it, let's back it up to 7 and 18, and let's see. They will also gird with sackcloth. Harm will cover them. I guess I have to take it back a little bit further than this here. We'll go back to 714. Well, we got to go back further than that. I'll go back to 13. Violence has risen up into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall... I hope it didn't cut off. That's 11. That's 11? Oh, okay. Violence has risen into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain. None of that multitude. None of them. Nor shall thou be wailing for them. The time has come. The day draws near. Let 
not the buyer rejoice, nor the seller moan. For wrath is on their whole multitude, for the seller shall not return to what has been sold. Though he may still be alive, for the vision concerning the whole multitude, and it shall not turn back, no one will strengthen himself who lives in iniquity. Talking about Israel, talking about the European, European nation. No one will strengthen himself who lives in iniquity. Got to get the sin out. They have blown the trumpet and made everyone ready. And I blow the trumpet daily. And made everyone ready. But no one goes to battle. For my realm is on all their multitude. The sword is outside. And the pestilence and famine within. Whoever's in the field will die by the sword. And whoever is in the city, famine and pestilence will devour him. Those who survive will escape and be on the mountains like doves of the valley. All of them mourning, each for his iniquity. Every hand will be feeble, and every knee will be as weak as water. They will also be girded with sackcloth. Horror will cover them. Shame will be on every face. Boldness on every hand. Talking about retribution. Retribution. Down in the highlight area, it says, no one goes to battle for Judah because the nation and the land will be so devastated by death and disease brought home by warfare and famine. Those who left alive will hide in the hills and be characterized by four things. One, mourning, mourning like a dove in shame, displaying that humiliation over sin, by wearing sackcloth and having their heads. You can look at Isaiah 15 for, 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 for what I'm talking about, Isaiah 15, 2, 3. Two, wickedness. Three, horror. Four, disgusting and disillusion over wealth. This is going to be about the wealth. All this is going to happen because why? Because Ezekiel 7 and 19 say they will throw their silver into the streets, and their gold will be like refuse, be like trash. And they, they and their silver and their gold will not be able to deliver them. In the day of the wrath of the Most High, they will not satisfy their souls, nor fill their stomachs, because it became that stumbling block of iniquity. And as for the beauty of his ornament, he said in his majesty, but they made from it the image of their abomination, their detestable thing. Therefore, I have made it like refuge to them. I will give it as a plunder and to the hands of strangers and to the wicked of the earth as far, and they shall defile it 
I will turn my face from them, and they will defile my secret places. For robbers shall enter it and defile it. So he says tonight, make a chain, for the land is filled with crimes of blood, and the city is full of violence. Therefore, I will bring the worst of the Gentiles, Mm -hmm. and they will possess their houses, and I will cause pumps of the strong to cease, and their holy place shall be defiled. Destruction come. They will seek peace, but there shall be none. Disaster will come upon disaster, and rumors will be upon rumors. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet. I'm telling you, before I went into that church, shot of our Hebrew brothers and sisters in the church, he said, because they are taking over. But the Most High said that that's why they're looking for a prophet tonight. But the law would perish from the priests and counsel from the elders. The king will mourn, the prince will be clothed with desolence, and the hands of their common people would tremble. I will do to them according to their ways, and according to what they deserve, I will judge them. Then they shall know that I am the most high God. Hallelujah. You see? I mean, we we search the scriptures. For in them, our life is in them. You know, we 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 know that we were bond men and women. We know that. Take it away, sir. So we see here in Ezekiel uh, seven. We started from eleven all the way to twenty-five. That these are, are prophecies of things that will happen in this land. And this uh, this Bible uh, can't lie. It tells you the truth. It's not speaking of any other land. It's telling you that at that time, in those days, that silver and gold will not be regarded. People, they're going to cast them into the streets. And uh, it's not going to be of any value. Because, you know, if you think, if people was to cast money out now, you know, that's like kind of crazy. You know, people don't even want that. That's basically saying people are not going to deal with silver or gold, basically money. They don't, they're not dealing with that. They're not going to deal with that at, at, at that time. So that's letting you know that it is a prophecy. Because that hasn't happened, that hasn't happened at any time. Now we're still using money. That's still a, a legal tender to buy and sell and trade with. So obviously, and 19 is telling you that they cast their silver and gold in the streets, telling you it's not going to be of any value, basically. The money not going to be of any value, which we know we're going to go to. That's going to a one-world government. And they're only doing that because they know that the, the system that they have now won't be able to sustain uh, the people in the time of the Most High bringing destruction. So... It's going to be two things happening. They're going to be trying to cause destruction because they even have it in a plan where they're supposed to depopulate people. If you're looking at the thing called Jade Hound 15, uh, they call it a drill, a military drill that military forces are going to be in every state. 
But now they're just doing a trial run in the state of Texas and a couple other states, maybe two or three other states, uh, that they're going to be doing this drill in. And, you know, they're going to be patrolling the streets in military armor. They're going to have AKs and uh, AR-15s and things like that, heavy artillery. Like, you know, you're trying to think, why would you need that? That's because they're getting ready to take over. It's going to be a martial law, a takeover. You're going to have a curfew. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be horrible. They said they said it's going to be a drill, but it's going to seem lifelike. Now, why would they say that? Why would they? Wouldn't they just say it's just going to be a a drill, and you know we're just going to try something out, but it's nothing serious or anything? They saying it's going to be lifelike, so it's going to feel like it's real. So you can't, uh, in real life, you can't fake something that's real. Either it's going to be real or it's not going to be real. So for them not to say that they they basically trying to hire somebody saying it's going to seem like it's real instead of just saying this is going to be a real test because if they were to say it's real, a real drill, that means it would scare millions of people. So rather than say that, they say, oh, you know, it's a, it's just a drill. It's going to seem like it's real, but it's really not. But it's going to get the people like they're going to get uh, be on alert, but they're not going to be as on high alert that they were to say that it was actually a real drill. So they have those things in mind. And this is all a prophecy uh, that's going on. And uh, 23, it says, make a chain, I mean, come together. For the land is full of bloody crimes and the city is full of violence. So this place is going to be it's getting worse and worse. As you can see, it's nearing. Uh, even if you don't necessarily have an intuition of what's going on, you can just feel like it's something eerie. It's, it's getting horrible. Times are getting bad. It's not like it was even five years ago. You know, it's like every year it's getting worse and worse, more killing, race wars, and war people talking about getting ready to go to war, people signing uh, nuclear bills and things like that. All these different things are getting ready to happen. So, we must understand that these scriptures, these are prophecies that have not come to pass. There are some prophecies that were prophesied that, that came to pass, but these here have not come to pass. Why? Because, one, they said that they would throw their silver and gold in the streets. No point in time if anybody, even if you say that's not necessarily, uh, they're not going to physically throw the money in the street. Okay, they might not, but you can take use that as a similar tool and uh, make that synonymous with people not dealing with money no more. They don't want that the legal, it's not going to be of any value because if any, nobody going to just throw money out their wallet in the middle of the street. That would only have to happen if money didn't mean nothing, right? Okay. So that's the thing, and that's what we headed to. So we get ready to close out, and um, I just want to thank all the people that came and, you know, uh, people that came and listened and had an ear to hear of what the Spirit was saying unto the saints, and that we must uh, prepare ourselves uh, for the Most High's coming, whether you be a Jew or whether you be a Gentile, you know, whether you be of the promise or if you're not of the promise. So we understand that the Most High grafted, you know, grafted you in the Gentiles, that you would take a part of this promise. You know, you've you not been the seed of Abraham, uh, according to Romans 11, but he would bring you in. That's not according to nature, because naturally nobody a tree that's already growing, you're not gonna bring something to connect to it. That's not that's not natural. But we understand according to Romans eleven that the Gentiles were grafted in and Paul was uh the uh was the one that was sent unto the Gentiles. He was the patriarch to the to the Gentiles that went and preached unto them. 
and he brought them in. And he said that was to provoke Israel, the Jews, to jealousy because the Jews had fell away, and they still have fallen away. But bringing in the Gentiles, they provoked Israel to jealousy to be like, man, how long these people are not of the promise? These people are not uh, the seed of Abraham. But when when, when uh, this only occurred because Paul was trying to go to the saints. He was trying to preach to the Jews at the synagogue on the, on the Sabbath, but they wouldn't come. So he said, I'm going to go get the Gentiles. And the Gentiles came. In Acts 9, you see Jews you see Jews bringing the Gentiles and Gentiles, and the Gentiles are, uh, are learning about the Shabbat, the Sabbath. So those things are, are, are going to occur. But it also said don't boast against the Jews because you come into it. You come into uh, the truth. You know, uh, just check out Romans 11. It'll begin to explain to you what happened. And I went into that early on. I went into Romans 11. I went into Revelations uh, 14 and 12. Um, I went into Matthew 5, 17 through 20, 21, I believe. Uh, Luke 4, 22. Uh, talking about through 27, talking about uh, the Jews, talking about the salvation. So all that was was was, was covered, and I'm going to turn it over to the man of the most high and let him take it out. All right, we're coming, we coming to a close tonight on the service. Uh, I've been certainly blessed myself uh, in this service. I certainly pray that you all in Facebook and Twitter and uh, here on TalkShoe will uh, come and join us. I mean, we're not force-feeding anything. We're basically just breaking the scriptures accordingly. And uh, there may be some things that uh, we don't know, but we are here uh, to learn as well as to teach that which we have learned. So with all said and done, we come tonight thanking the Most High for another opportunity to get into his word and to explain on the word. We want to give him all the praise, the glory, and honor. We repent for the nation Israel. And as Moses prayed and fasted 40 days and 40 nights, we also, Father, we come asking you to have mercy upon us and spare us tonight, Father. Oh, God, lead us back to you that we may be a people that will be a role model for Israel. Lord, we're so sorry for all of our sins that we've committed and how that we have backslid and how we went backwards. In this land called Babylon, Father Lord, we have partaken of the king's uh, 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 everything. And we ask you tonight that you would cleanse us, wash us, deliver us, make us free that we may be able to serve you, Father. We honor you tonight. We thank you. We give you all praise, glory, and honor for this night. And the most high Yah, Selah, hallelujah. We are closing out. Again, we thank you. We welcome you to Yahweh.
to talk to in Zion. Hallelujah. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.